Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media in the office of Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse. How are you doing this morning, Sheriff? Doing great. How are you? Um, doing fine, although um, a little somber mood around the Sheriff's office um, these days. Tough week. We're going to get into that. Uh, so let's kick it off like we always do with the stats. Yes, sir. Um, we booked in since we met last 62 individuals, 22 females. 40 males. Uh, the average so far today, uh, this year has been 380. There's exactly 380 in custody today, and 90 of those are out of county, either Rockwall, Smith County, uh, Van Zandt County, or United States Marshals contract inmates. All right, so in all the time we've been doing this, I think this is the first time that the absolute population was the actual average. It, when I saw it this morning, I kind of laughed because I believe I, I, I'm on the same page with you. I think it is. I think it's the first time. All right. Um, so, like we said, it's been a it's been a tough week around the sheriff's office, um, and one of those is you had um, a deputy. Um, get shot last week. Luckily, last I heard, he was okay. Yes. But tell us about what about that case and what happened. Yes. Uh, last Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, it was about 12.45 in the morning, um, a deputy attempted to make a traffic stop uh, over on 334 uh, there in Gun Barrel City. Um, the vehicle initially slowed down and pulled over to the side of the roadway. Deputy exited the vehicle to make an approach, and the vehicle sped away. And then... Um, he got back in the car, called uh, that he was in a car chase in a pursuit. They were headed towards 175 there on 334. And at 175 and 334, there was another deputy that had joined in the uh, pursuit. And he was just acting erratically. He would slow way down. At one point, he actually slowed down, threw it in reverse, and rammed uh, the initial deputy's vehicle and then took off again. And there on 175, um, he actually just bailed out on foot, left his vehicle rolling. Uh, it rolled down into the ditch. He ran out on foot, uh, jumped a fence, and the deputies gave chase. And when one of the deputies was uh, jumping the fence, he uh, uh, heard a gunshot, and then he was actually uh, hit when the gunshot went off. And uh, he was actually hit twice one in the upper leg, one in the heel of his foot. And uh, so he went down, the other deputy on scene basically uh, stopped the chase and took care of the deputy that was shot, called for more units. Um, we were able to get uh, several more units out there, agencies all over East Texas uh, you responded to assist us. Um, we were able to contact uh, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice K-9 Division. They came up and uh, was able to release their K-9s. They tracked the suspect to a residence just outside of Eustis, and we made contact with the owners, uh, the residents there at the uh, house, and when they came outside, they realized that's when they realized that their vehicle had been stolen. Um, <clears throat> Digging in the investigation, it led us back to uh, Jack Cody Rayburn's residence in Bonita Point. Um, investigators responded there. We found the uh, stolen vehicle out of Eustace there and located him on top of the residence, on top of his house. He had a shotgun and a pistol still on him, and we were able to uh, arrest him and uh, bring him to the Henderson County Jail. and. 
Uh, initially, he was arrested for uh, unlawful possession of a firearm by a felon, uh, unauthorized use of a motor vehicle, and uh, and he was brought to jail. And also, we had we had uh, by then had obtained an arrest warrant for uh, attempted capital murder of a peace officer. And then we continued to do the investigation. The Rangers are the lead investigators in this case. We're just there to assist them at this time. And that's something that's normal anytime one of your guys are involved in something like yes, this. Yes, we always call the Rangers in and, and let them take over the case, and we basically fall back to number two. And and uh, But uh, in searching the vehicle that he ran from, there was over 200 grams of methamphetamine inside the vehicle. Um, there were more firearms inside the vehicle, which he couldn't have. There was... Uh, over a quarter pound of marijuana in the vehicle um so um we by now he has had several charges added to him um we've got possession over 200 two two more unlawful possession of firearm by felon possession of marijuana four ounces to five pounds theft of property uh 2500 to 30,000 because at his house, not only was that one stolen vehicle there that was stolen out of Eustis that morning, but there were other motorcycles and other vehicles there that were, sto- were uh, stolen. And then uh, he was also charged with aggravated assault against a public servant from when he rammed the uh, initial uh, deputy's vehicle. And then evading arrest with a vehicle and then evading on foot with previous conviction, which is a felony. And now he's here on a a little over $2.6 million bond, uh, basically awaiting trial at this point. Okay, before we get into him, tell us about the deputy and how he's doing. He is doing wonderful. Um, that day, um, when I went up to the ambulance, I got there just as they were uh, transporting him to Tyler. Um, he he was in good spirits then, and... Uh, he gave me a thumbs up and said, thank you for coming. And I was like, man, you, you know I was coming to this. And uh, But he actually went to the hospital that day. They looked at him. Um, he was. We, we were all blessed. Um, there's going to be no surgery needed. It went through and through, didn't hit any bones. Um, the hospital released him and told him basically uh, take the bandage off in four hours, get up trying to start walking. I talked to him again yesterday. Uh, he's still doing good. He's like, I'm ready to come back to work. I'm like, well, let's just give it a little bit. We only thing right now we're really concerned about is just keeping the wound clean, trying to make sure there's no infection that sets in. But he's doing great, ready to come back to work. His family's doing wonderful. Um, so uh, had a good outcome on that side of it. Well, that that's great news. That that's wonderful news. All right, so let's let's look back at. Um, Let's look back at the bad actor, and um, I use that in on purpose because once you start piling it up, man, this, this guy was a bad actor. Yes, I mean, um, he had all kinds of stuff going on. He did, and two, he is, uh, you know, he had been to the penitentiary before for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I mean, he once we realized who our suspect was and started digging in and doing the investigation before he was apprehended. I mean, we do that. Uh, not only did he shoot the deputy, which made us know that he was violent. I mean, he's had a violent past also. So this is somebody, I think you said $2.6 million in bond. This is someone who um, is facing a lot of time in prison. Yes, sir. Uh, is is that capital that capital offense, is that, uh, that's a capital offense that could be actually punishable by 
death, correct? Not on attempted capital murder. Okay, not on attempted. So it's going to be a, a first-degree felony, which is 5 to 99. But with the all with his history and all the other charges, um, and he's been in the penitentiary um, before, he's probably going to be facing more than a minimum of five. It could be like 25 to, to life. Right. Yeah, he's going away for a long, long time. Well, again, the best part of that is you take a lot of drugs off the streets. You take a lot of guns off the street. You um, you you get all of the uh, uh, stolen property back. Yes. And the deputy is, we're blessed that the deputy's okay. Yes. Yes. So for for what that uh, what that story started as, it, it certainly ended. Uh, well, yes, and to be honest with you, that was probably the longest ride of my life from when I got the call, and I didn't know that he was okay until I got to Eustace because the partner uh, communications weren't good, and he his main focus is I've got to take care of sure. my partner on the ground. So I didn't really know until the uh, sergeant arrived on scene that he he was probably going to be okay. So I mean that was a uh, um, for everybody involved, I mean, that, it, it was, uh, you know, you just, your heart sinks and you got a lot of thoughts going through your mind. And, and to get there and see him smiling, giving me a thumbs up and saying thank you for coming, it, it made me feel a whole lot better. Um, so while that turned out well, another story in the, in the sheriff's office last week didn't turn out as well. Yes, sir. Uh, unfortunately, uh, K-9 Max, we, uh, uh, he passed away uh, Friday, the day after um, that uh, shooting, and, uh, you know, he had, he had gotten sick and working with our local vets here at Morton uh, Small Animal Clinic, and they did an outstanding job uh, trying to do everything they could. Um, they actually referred us down to Texas A&M Veterinary Hospital. Uh, Max was taken down there, um, and they uh, they did a wonderful job. Um, you know, they did everything they could to uh, try to save Max. Unfortunately, he had a, a very bad uh, infectious disease going on. He couldn't eat. He couldn't keep anything down, and he was losing a lot of weight. And um, uh, and then he ended up passing. It was late Friday night, about about 11 p.m. Um, and that that's heartbreaking to uh, the sheriff's office and especially to uh, Deputy Hogan, who was you know his handler and his partner. Um, you know it's one of the family, and uh, you know that 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 when we didn't have a good outcome on it, but we know he's not suffering anymore, and uh, we do want to say thank you to Morton Small Animal Clinic and thank you to uh, uh, Texas A&M Veterinary Hospital. And also thank you to K-9 Global Training Academy um, where we got uh, Max. I mean, they reached out also. Um, you know, they care too. And, uh, you know, without them, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to have him as a deputy sheriff here in Henderson County. And uh, uh, now we're just trying to uh, figure out what the next steps are. But, but uh, it's definitely a big loss here. He had gotten a lot of dope off the street. He protected not only Megan but the citizens of Henderson County and uh, and the other deputies here he's apprehended fugitives uh, he's tracked down fugitives um, he's helped in some 
lost individuals, so uh, he, he's really going to be missed here. Max in the canine program was one of the first things that you really did. I think it was in that first year, maybe near the end of your first yes, year as sheriff. Um, and that program has been amazingly successful. Yes. Um, and it's heartbreaking to, to again, I'm a, I'm a dog person. I've always had dogs. I love dogs. Got two right now that sleep next to me every yeah. night. Um, and, and to lose Max is really, I know it's an emotional thing for the sheriff's office. It's also really the loss of a significant asset a significant crime-fighting asset for the sheriff's office. Yes, sir. I mean, he's there basically to protect us. He's trained, um, and to be honest with you, I've seen a lot of canines, and there's there's a lot of good canines out there. I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone. Max was probably the best uh, canine that I've ever seen as far as his on and off switch. He would, When you told him to be on, he was on. When you told him to be off, he was off and uh, you didn't have to have him. I mean, I could bring him to the school and let the kids love on him. I could uh, uh, do demonstrations for the school. I knew there was going to be no problems, um, and that, and you don't find that in every canine. I right. mean, some of these canines you can't take around other people other than their handler, and Max was just uh, an outstanding an, an outstanding deputy, and, and uh, he's truly going to be missed. All right, so... Yeah, sorry to hear about Max, and sorry for Deputy Hogan. I mean, I know that um, the handler and the and the canine become a single unit. A hundred percent. I've checked on her uh, a few times. And of course, when he was here at Morton's clinic um, that night that he passed, um, there were several deputies that went up there to be with her. Um, and then I talked to her that night, and I've talked to her since. And um, she's doing okay. She's just, uh, she's like, you know, it's, when it's feeding time, it's, you know, sure. it's hard. But, um, you know, we just uh, got to move forward and, and just remember all the good times we had with him. So I'm going to move on. Um, we've been thinking a little bit as we look at this time period. Uh, there's a little history, a case, a cold case um, that that hit a, hit another annual event yes sir um, March the 7th or 8th um, in 1987 um, there was a murder investigation that was started um, the sheriff's office has been in charge of it ever since and it's actually uh, one of our very few um, unsolved murders uh, here in Henderson County and uh, the body of Ricky Harridge was located uh, off of a bridge off of County Road 1500 here in Henderson County um, 34 years ago. And we've been putting in a lot of work. I know there's been lots of uh, investigators working on this case. There was a lot of investigators working on it then. Under Sheriff Nutt, he had investigators working on it. We've been working on it ever since. Um, we've actually uh, actually collected and sent the evidence over to a lab in California, 
and they were able to get a DNA profile. Um, right now it's an unknown DNA. It's been put in uh, the national database, but it didn't come back with a hit, unfortunately. Um, so um, we do have some leads. We do have some things we've been working on. Um, we're going to continue to work on it, but um, it's basically the anniversary of the case uh, over 34 years ago uh, right now. And uh, we're just asking if anybody out there knows anything or has any information, I don't care how small you might think it is, please call the sheriff's office. Um, there's now up to a $20,000 reward out. Um, you can call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-545-TIPS and uh, uh, give the information there or call us here at the Sheriff's Office at 903-675-5128. Um, we would love to be able to solve this case and get that family some answers that they, they really deserve. It's been uh, 34 years. It's been uh, way too long. and. Uh, we just don't have a whole lot to go on. We are hanging our hat on some DNA right now, um, but uh, we still don't know if that's going to be the piece to the puzzle that we need. So uh, you need a suspect first before you can match the DNA to the suspect. Right, right. So uh, please, if you know anything about this case, please give us a call. Um, it's uh, you know a top priority here at the sheriff's office, and we're going to continue working on it and give it all that we've got. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's. I feel like it's time that that we try to put this case to rest and 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 hopefully get a good outcome. All right, Sheriff. Thank you very much for the chance to come in and talk to you today. I'm sorry that it was uh, it's a little a little more somber episode than yes. we normally do. Um, but that happens every once in a while when, when you're in the sheriff's office. And so thank you for allowing us to come in and see what's going on in our sheriff's office. Thank you for coming.